This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, May 19th. This is episode 333, which means we're half evil. I'm, Ooh, I'm beat Dan. me to it. <laughs> I'm Dan Ellis, joined by two fabulous co-hosts, Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, hey. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. Howdy ho. How are you guys doing? <sighs> uh, it's hot outside. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I'm in the basement right now. Apparently, Tabata is Japanese for workout until you literally vomit. Oh, <laughs> this is this is a thing that I have just learned. Why? Why? Why am I learning this? And why do you know this? Is this uh, your new workout regime? Uh, not only on Wednesdays, apparently. Um, but I went with my brother to the gym this morning, which was my first mistake because I don't work out in the mornings. Mm. Um, but I hadn't talked to you guys about recording a little bit later in the day yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing intervals of like. 40 seconds of doing an intense workout, 20 seconds of break and doing that for like half an hour. And then uh, at the end of that, we got on a like, like a, what do you fucking call it? Like an exercise bike. One of the ones with a wheel is a fan kind of deal. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was like burn as many calories as you can in 30 seconds. And, uh, and I got up off of that, like prevented myself from hyperventilating and then just walked outside and just yacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> like, scrambled eggs were a terrible idea. <laughs> we, so we, we were chatting a little bit before show and I told you guys uh, a story about one of the guys that I used to work with at Flying J. Um, that same guy and a couple other guys that I worked with, we all had... We all joined the Ogden Athletic Club and would go and work out in the mornings. And uh, I came very close to vomiting one day and because we were doing, what is it like? It was one of the fitness crazes for a while. It probably still is. Oh, boot, it was a boot camp. Okay. okay. I was going to say, what, insanity? How many <laughs> years ago was this? Oh, God. this. Well, it was at least... 10 p90x oh god fuck that yeah it was it was it was a boot camp where it was just you know a bunch Mm -hmm. of aerobic exercise and running and lifting and yeah it was yeah yeah and and two of the guys did puke i came really really close yeah thankfully i did not because i can't like usually if i hear somebody vomiting I get a little queasy to my stomach. If I can smell it, it's game over. Like I'll, right. I'll throw right. up. I'll throw up right away. I can't. I can't handle vomit. I can handle all kinds of like poopy diapers, all that kind of stuff. Now, like that's no problem. But if I hear mm. anybody vomiting, I get queasy. And if I smell it, nope. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna so, lose it. 
I get vomit sympathy with myself. Like I'll throw up and see my own throw up and throw up more. <laughs> so I'm like, like it's kind of like a, a reverberating effect. You vomiting makes you sick. So you throw up, you throwing up makes you sick. Yes. So you throw up again and you just keep doing it until yep. there's yep. nothing left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Till the tank's empty and then you're just dry heaving and retching. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I'm like a scream vomiter too. Like I don't, I have no control over it, obviously, but I like just roar at the crowd. <laughs> Why, dear God, is this happening to me? Yeah, and I'm, like, and I'm a puke and rally team type America, guy. world police. Like <laughs> you're, you're a puke and rally. Yeah, I, I can. Like I've, I've had it before. Where really strenuous shit. Where it's like, like I'm gonna go over here. All right, back to work. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I not yeah. not me. And then then like I've got to immediately go and like brush my teeth and use mouthwash and. Mm-hmm. and oh, dude, ugh. beards like the worst. Ew, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to have to pre-vomit the other night. Oh no! Pre-vomit? Oh, I had a massive plate of spaghetti at work. Oh, and then I look okay. outside and it's all black clouds and lightning and shit. I'm like, are we going to be working tonight? It looks if like, so, looks like there might be I, some wildland fires. I might need to get rid of some of the stuff in my belly or else I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to come out when I don't want it to. Luckily, nothing happened and I just went to sleep. Uh, That's good. Uh, anything new of note that you guys would like to chat about before we move on? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh-oh. What's that? A friend of the show is coming back to do his show again. <gasps> what? Oh. Conversations with God. Oh, nice. He's going to be making a return. At least he texted Dan and I mm-hmm. and, and told us that. And I, I, I told him, I think my words were, uh, I selfishly await your return because I do enjoy conversations with God, <laughs> even though I know when we had him on the show how much work he puts into it like oh, yeah. i think that's probably why he got burnt out on it because yeah i believe it yeah but uh yeah i hope i hope he comes back strong and 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 has some more fun funny conversations with god and tony yeah i think i think that show was a lot of fun i it just like stopped all of a sudden for one day like i didn't i didn't notice in listening to it that there was any well like he did kill god yeah. Like the last episode is God's dead. So he- <laughs> <laughs> and so then he did the rest of the episode as Nietzsche. Can't really have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like, yeah, he just killed God. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, but, so he should be making a return. One of the things that I've always really appreciated about Johnny is the self-deprecating nature of oh, his yeah. show and the humor that he infuses because of that. And his messages are always the same way. Just, oh, yeah, you know, no big deal. Just I'm going to start to show up again. It'll probably be even worse than before. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be complete shit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. I think he, he sent the messages at me saying, hey, uh, the least anticipated show ever is probably going to be making a return. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, no, dude, that's awesome. Come on back. I enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, I look forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. We talked a little bit about that Tracy, one of Tracy's grandmothers died, her her paternal grandmother. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So she has one grandmother left. I have one grandmother left. 
Um, her living grandmother is her maternal grandmother. My living grandmother is my paternal grandmother who has uh, disowned me. You know, she disowned yeah. me the, at the same time my father disowned me uh, a year and a half ago now. That's, that's always wow. fun. Um, but so what Tracy's grandmother died and there was the funeral over the weekend and just in attending the funeral and viewing services and dealing with family members and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, there were a lot of, there were a lot of things that came out of that, that, that Tracy and I talked about quite a bit over the weekend and, and for the last few days. Um, one of them being that, you know, in our interactions with everybody there, it cemented the idea that religion is not at all a uniting force. You know, we live here in Utah. Both of us grew up LDS. Most of our family members are very LDS. And so, of course, the funeral for her LDS grandmother was at an LDS church presided over by an LDS bishop with her LDS cousins and aunts and uncles getting up to, you know, give their LDS tinged view of their mother, grandmother, aunt, uh, who had passed away and their relationship with her as a bit of background. You all should probably know that Tracy's father died when Tracy was very young. I think she was five or six, somewhere right around in there. Mm -hmm. um, he was, uh, an electrical, he was an electrician and was, uh, demonstrating doing something out in the field, working with his brother, who was also an electrician and something happened where the cherry picker bucket that he was in swung around. He wasn't, he wasn't apparently strapped in appropriately and was knocked out of the cherry picker and fell like 40 feet to his death right in front of his brother. Like they were oh, the man. only two out there and Tracy's dad fell to his death while his brother is watching him demonstrate doing something and, you know, Tracy was really young. Um, she has two brothers. Uh, you know, Tracy's oldest brother, Tracy's the oldest. And then she's got a, a brother, uh, who currently lives in Germany. Uh, her, her, and then she had, um, another brother with the same father, but her mother was pregnant with the, with the, her youngest brother when her father died. So, you know, Tracy's mm -hmm. the only one in the family who really has very many memories of her father at all. Mm -hmm. um, and those are pretty vague because she was pretty young. But what had happened just before her father died was that, you know, and it wasn't just before he had died. It was that Tracy's mom got knocked up with Tracy when, mm -hmm. <laughs> when Tracy's mom and her father were still in high school. And uh, Tracy's dad was not going to church anymore after that. Like he, he stopped going to church. You know, Tracy was born and Tracy's grandmother. So her, her father's mother basically disowned him, said that, you know, if you're not going to church anymore, then you're not going to be a part of this family. You know, if you don't want yeah. to be a part of this eternal family, then you're not going to be part of this yeah. mortal family either. You've, you know, you're sinning, you're living in sin, you've had a child out of, out of, well, you created a child out of wedlock. I think they got married before Tracy was actually born. But, right. 
you know, her, it's the Utah way. Yeah. Her religious yeah. views led her to disowning her son because he knocked up someone who she didn't approve of. Mm-hmm. And then there's always been, you know, and then before their relationship could be reconciled and repaired, he died. Oh, Jesus. Fell to his death. And <sighs> yeah. And her grandmother, from all accounts, you know, never really got over that. Like she felt terrible mm. because she had disowned this kid, you know, disowned her. I think he was the oldest son, maybe the second oldest son. And mm-hmm. she disowned him because he got somebody pregnant and wasn't going to church anymore. He didn't fit the narrow mold in which she viewed the world, disowned him. And then he died. And, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I've known Tracy, it's always been this this dark cloud over everything that, you know, the her father's side of the family is very, very LDS and has kind of ostracized Tracy and her siblings and her mother from being full members of that, full participatory members of that family because none of Tracy's siblings go to LDS church. They're, mm-hmm. they're not particularly religious. They have some, you know, a few of them have some fleeting I don't know, deist views perhaps, but they're certainly not LDS and Tracy is an atheist. So that <laughs> that didn't ever go very well yeah. with the rest of the family at large. And, you know, Tracy's paternal, the, the, the paternal side of Tracy's family is a, is a large family well known here in Murray and in Utah at, at large because they were a, a large polygamist family for a little while. And then, you know, joined the regular, joined the ranks of the regular LDS church. Now, I guess regular, (laughs) but there's, so there's just a lot, a lot of backstory there. The main points being Tracy's grandmother was very LDS, was unhappy that her son had knocked somebody up out of wedlock, was no longer going to church, had disowned him and had died. And then this created this giant rift with the entire family. So Basically, Tracy and her siblings and her mother have never been close or or viewed as, I don't know, necessary or full members of that side of the family for the last 40 years or more. Yeah. And a lot of the things that happened around the funeral and during the funeral just kind of brought all of that home. And I see that we're pushing up on time for this opening segment, so I'll continue talking about that after we get back from this little break this is mithrin author of the abcs of science and mormonism as well as i should start a cult and you're listening to the godless revolution so if if the person you're contemplating voting for believes all that believes that the garden of eden was in missouri (laughs) believes that native americans are the lost 10 tribes of israel believes that Jesus visited North America. I mean, these beliefs are barking mad. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. So before the break, I was talking about the death of Tracy's grandmother and the funeral that we attended upbeat stuff yeah (laughs) really really fun stuff to talk about um but in in attending the funeral one of the things that i learned was that tracy's grandmother in her youth was very much an athletic sporty 
person in her youth. And when I heard that she liked playing fast pitch softball, it instantly brought up all of these stereotypical, I don't know, views of women who were sporty that, you know, I previously had in my brain when I was younger. And, you know, to some are, extent, are you saying that she may have pitched for the other team? <laughs> well, well, and that's just it, right? Like it got me in, in a lot of the conversations that Tracy and I had had, you know, throughout the weekend and, and after, you know, before the funeral, during the funeral, afterward and all of that, it, it made me wonder, like, just because there were so many family members who got up and gave these glowing, you know, testimonies of how wonderful their grandmother was and these, these great memories that they had with their grandmother that, you know, she was so kind and she was so loving and Tracy never saw any of that. And a large part of that I'm sure was just because of the relationship that, that, yeah, the relationship that Tracy's grandmother did not have with Tracy's father. And then that they spent, you know, 40 years, that whole side of the family basically pretending that her father never even existed mm-hmm. because had they recognized that he had existed and had, you know, fathered or sired this family <laughs> that, that, you know, was no longer considered, you know, a, a large portion of their family that went to church and did all of the things that they're supposed, you know, quote unquote supposed to do. You know, Tracy and her brothers have all of these great memories of, of hanging out with grandpa and they were always talking about you. Well, you didn't want to go in the house because grandma was in the house. And if you went in the mm-hmm. house, you'd have to, you know, face grandma's wrath. And it wasn't that she was, you know, she never beat them or anything like that, but it was always just this dark foreboding presence that like you didn't she want. She didn't want them there. Yeah. You didn't want grandma to catch you in the house because she didn't want you in there. And if you, if she caught you in there, it was, what are you doing in the house? Well, you need to get back outside. You know, you're just going to make a mess. You're bothering me, whatever. And tall lady in the castle. Got it. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tracy has told me several times that, you know, she just felt like her grandmother never really wanted to have kids, let alone grandchildren and was never very, really warm or anything to any of them as far as she can remember until, you know, Tracy was in her late thirties, early forties. And then, you know, as she started entering the twilight or sunset years of her life, she decided, Oh, maybe I need to be a little more friendly and nice to people so that people will come to my funeral. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and so in hearing all of these stereotypical things about her grandmother that, you know, that she didn't, really seemed to want to have children or grandchildren. She wasn't very motherly. She wasn't very kind. She was very sporty when she was younger. I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe she was a lesbian and was closeted and had to live her life as a closeted person, marry somebody in the church and be a member of a church who actively worked to deny basic human rights for people who were gay or or lesbian or bi you know, the LDS church passed, you know, had they had this big initiative to press to pass Prop 8 in California. Mm-hmm. They've consistently worked to keep gay people from being able to marry gay people. They, they were against same-sex marriage. They're very much still against people being gay. You know, you can quote-unquote be gay, but you can't 
be gay. You can't yeah. act I, on. I being was going to say, but Dan, God just gives people different challenges, <laughs> and that's her unique challenge that she needs to work through. Right, right. And <laughs> and you know, so this God. brought up this. You know, we've had all these. We've had a ton of great conversations over the last weekend, and. Part of it was, you know, well, maybe your grandmother was a lesbian and maybe that's why she was so fucking miserable her whole life because she had to live this closeted life denying that central intrinsic part of her being in order to conform to this religion that had she come out, you know, let me back up a little bit again, because part of this is that I hear all the time from people on the right that, well, you know, oh, geez, well, you know, it's just that, you know, everybody's coming out gay now. Everybody, oh, everybody's gay or bi or trans or queer or whatever. It's just, you know, this didn't happen in the old days. Well, it's not that there, it's not that the population has exploded with all of these gay people because they're turning the friggin' frogs gay or anything like that. <laughs> it's that we now live in a time where people, feel more comfortable being who yeah. they are. They don't have to worry as much. I mean, it's still a problem, but they don't have to worry as much about being ostracized, having jobs denied to them, housing denied to them, or fearing for their fucking lives because some Christian asshole decided that God didn't want them being who they are and they needed to be stomped to death or dragged mm -hmm. behind well, a fucking truck I, to death. I, I was going to say, not even that, but up until what, the mid-1970s, you could be arrested and imprisoned for being homosexual if you were caught at a homosexual bar and, and or with chemically castrated. Yeah. 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 So uh, for I, decades, it was legally Mm -hmm. You were fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had, I had a friend, a really good friend. He and I worked um, on the newspaper together when I attended Dixie state university. Um, and in 2000 and like 10, 2011, he was hit like walking on a sidewalk because he was holding hands with his, his then fiance now <sighs> husband. Yeah. I mean, that still happens today. There was the, well, the story, uh, the big one that happened in Salt Lake about two years ago where that uh, couple was chased down the street and took shelter inside of a, a restaurant mm -hmm. and they were wanting to get at them to, to fuck them up. It's like, yeah, it's for, yeah. for just it being who they are. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so, you know what I, I asked Tracy, I'm like, well, do you think, and this hadn't occurred to her ever until I mentioned it. And I was like, you know, after sitting through the funeral and everything, have you ever thought that maybe your grandmother was gay and, you know, became so bitter toward the world because she had to live this closeted life and, and marry somebody who she wasn't necessarily attracted to yeah. pump out kids or that she never wanted to have support grandchildren. Mm -hmm. She never wanted to have, you know, go to a church every Sunday who told her that who she was as part of her being was bad and wrong and sinful. Well, and, and do you mind, do you mind if I interject here really briefly? Not at all. Um, like what you're saying honestly makes me think about another thing. Cause I, I mentioned like a week or two ago, an episode or two ago that like Sandra and I don't want kids. We don't like kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And it may even not be that she was, gay but that she was just a child free person who was made to have kids like it was a societal yeah. default still is a societal default that women are expected to have children mm -hmm. um if women go to doctors seeking like a, a, a sterilization 
you know, they are asked how many kids do they already have? They're asked for husband's permission. Like I was asked, you know, how many children I had when I got my vasectomy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it like, like not to devalue your point, it's also entirely possible that she was a woman who never wanted to have kids and may have never wanted like to get married. Right. But that's what society expected of her. And that's what Mm -hmm. Mormon religion and religion in general expected of a woman. And so she was forced into bearing children and having relationships with with children and grandchildren that she did not want to have. You know, and and I don't say that to like under undermine your point, but to buttress it. Right. There are multiple societal expectations of people, especially women, that. If they don't want to have those those you know interactions, tough shit. The religion or the society forces it upon them, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's double duty from a religion. Religion made her you know potentially be in a relationship with a man that she didn't want to be and have children that she didn't want to have. Like both of those are bad mm-hmm. things. No, yeah, I think you that's know. a fantastic and, point, and it's yeah. something that yeah I hadn't considered, but yeah, I think that's that could absolutely be the case. I mean that you know it, if it. If it wasn't that she was lesbian, that could absolutely be it, that she just never really wanted kids. And, you know, you said that her religion expected that of her. I would say that it that it falls more in line with being a demand of, of right, being part right. of that religious yeah. faith. And, like, I'll tell you what, I would be angry and shitty all the time if I had to interact with kids that I didn't want in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of why I don't have kids is <laughs> because I like I there were there were children at the gym that I was at today because their parents couldn't like, you know, leave them at home or take them to daycare and just like having them in the same room climbing over shit while I was trying to focus on my workout pissed me off. Like, imagine if that's just something that you have in your home that you're trapped with all the time and you're a person who doesn't like kids, which it sounds like, you know, your great grandma did not like kids. Mm-hmm. So and- well, I would also say that during the time that she was married and having kids, it wasn't just a religious thing. It was the social norm where mm-hmm. now it's less, it's more socially acceptable now not to have kids mm-hmm. unless yeah. you're part of a religion that says, no, you need to go forth and have kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it was doubly or double the pressure then than it is now. Well, and part yeah. of it too, like what, what spurred the, the bulk of these conversations were, you know, we, we went to the funeral, they did the whole Mormon going through various prayers, having the bishop speak, having family members speak, reading her obituary, all that kind of shit, singing songs and hymns and blah, blah, blah. Then we went to the internment service where they, you know, we're all standing at the graveside. And then there's this weird thing. I don't know if it's just an LDS thing or a Utah thing or if it's a religion thing in general or a death thing in general, but like having various portions of the family gather together for group photos next to the coffin. Like, oh, that's always, that's always seemed really fucking weird to me. Yeah. And it's happened I- at like every LDS funeral that I've attended here in Utah. So I don't know if it's an LDS thing or just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's probably a is. Thing. I've actually been requested to take photos at a funeral once before. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I and I went because it was for uh that mascot miracles group and it was one of the guys that ran it, his daughter who or not his daughter, his niece, who was one of the reasons why he got into it because she had a uh disease, passed away. Mm-hmm. And they said, Hey, can you come and do photos? 
Well, yeah. I'm, I'm. I mean, in the 1800s, they, they would prop up the casket, leave it open, and have a family photo with the bodies. So yeah, like, yeah, they had me do that. Wow. And I'm like, I hope that was a lot. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> well, it was for a friend, so I didn't even charge him. I'm like, I'll show up and I'll help you out. Like it's for it was for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and now um, I'm now I'm really so when curious they asked me, said, this. "Hey, can you?" Because at first I was told the family doesn't want photos of you know her in the casket, and then halfway through they changed their mind and said, "Can you please come in and take some photos with the family around the casket while they're reading books to her and doing that?" I'm like. Oh, okay. Listeners, hit up our Facebook page. Tell us if you don't come from a Mormon tradition, what your burial stuff is like. I am curious now because I've been to one funeral in my life, so I have nothing resembling a good yeah i'm I'm super curious about this now. So yeah, like tweet at us, hit us up on Facebook, send us an email, send us a text message, leave us a, a voicemail, whatever. Like, let us know. Is this is this weird? Is this an LDS thing or is this a general religious thing or is it a utah thing like i don't know experience this in other religious faiths and and states like it just it's always seemed a little bizarre to me yeah well it was the the only funeral i've ever been to it with a photographer and i was that photographer other times Mm -hmm. i've been to funerals for friends that were not lds even here in utah there's no photographer at the fucking funeral yeah the only funerals i've ever seen are mormon ones and muslim ones so yeah well and i get like you know, at a funeral, you have family members together who aren't always necessarily together and clustered together. Yeah. And so I can, I can understand, you know, having those, fami- those familial groups get together for like a family photo because they're all, they all just happen to be there and that doesn't happen all the time. The, the bizarre aspect of it to me is having them posed by the coffin. Like if you wanted a family photo, you don't have to have it by a coffin. Right. Yeah. Like, and that just, that makes it, I don't know, all the more weird and awkward to me, like, oh, yeah, we have a bunch of family photos. They're all next to a fucking coffin of various family right. members for <laughs> one reason or another. Was the coffin open, too? Mm, well, they had the they had the viewing at the church. And but, yeah. you know, at the That's graveside, they had it was take photos was at the viewing. Oh, geez. Yeah. Mm. And at the graveside. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> weird. Uh, I couldn't go in for the service and take photos of the service because I'm not LDS. But yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, and it, it, yeah, it just seemed weird to me. And so then, you know, like I said, like I was saying, the thing that kicked off all of these conversations that Tracy and I had had is that after we left the graveside service and then, you know, everybody goes back to the church for the luncheon. Usually that's handled by the Relief Society for the church, which is in the LDS faith. Uh, it's it's the the Relief Society is part of the women's work as part of the LDS faith where mm-hmm. they're the ones who do, you know, birthdays, graduations, marriages, funerals. They're the ones who prepare the food, all of that kind of stuff get together. They're, they're, they're part of these, they're a support group organized by women within the LDS faith. And mm-hmm. so we go back to the church and ordinarily at an LDS burial or, or, or uh funeral, you have LDS funeral potatoes. And that's like, <laughs> They're really good. If if you have not had funeral potatoes, you should Google it, find out what they are because they're delicious. You should make them and not have to go to a funeral. But do so, they involve a bunch of mayonnaise? We're, not necessarily. Some of some of the recipes, yes. The good ones, no. Okay, good, good. Um, so you know we're at the graveside and everybody's starting to leave, and I ask Tracy, so can we just fuck off home now, or do we need to go back to the church? 
And she's like, oh no, we have to go back to the church. You're going to get funeral potatoes and there will be ham. That's the, those are the two main, <laughs> those are the two main things at an LDS funeral, right? Is Damn, funeral, there's going to be ham. Funeral potatoes and ham. And I was like, okay, well then I guess I'm in. So we go back to the church and, you know, we're one of the first groups of people to arrive because it was a Damn. sunny day and I, and balding, you know, as I get older. And so I had out my umbrella and the whole fan, like I'm the only person on a sunny day standing next to a grave with a fucking umbrella. Of course, everybody started coming over and crowding under the umbrella because they started to get too hot. But anyway, so we leave and we go back to the church and Tracy and her, you know, her, a couple of her relatives are going to go in. They want to take you know, pictures of pictures that are laid out because they haven't been part of the family and they noticed a bunch of, you know, pictures of Tracy's dad when he was younger. They want to go get, you know, pictures of these pictures because they haven't seen them before, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to hang out here in the car for a little bit. And I brought a flask with me that I was imbibing while they're doing all of that. Nice. So I'm sitting out in the car. I get a text message from Tracy about 15 minutes later that, you know, food is served. So I go in and... It is are it's these boxed lunch like sandwiches with pretzels and a cookie and a mandarin orange. No funeral potatoes, no ham. There were some hand sandwiches, but fuck that, that funeral. Yeah, so I was just yeah. like, I turned to Tracy. I'm like, man, the Relief Society here fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, the bishop came in and he apologized. He said this was the best they could do in the times of COVID. And I'm like. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll let that slide, I guess. So then we, you know, we sit down, we have the lunch, we come home and we get home and we strip off all of our funeral clothes and change into our comfy pants, <laughs> our pajama pants. And we're standing in the kitchen talking and she's like, you know, I wonder, like, we have this big home where, you know, typically we host a bunch of people. We, we're the, we're the family members who host, you know, Thanksgiving dinners, Christmas dinners, birthday parties, that kind of stuff, because we've got a large home with a large gathering area, both in the kitchen and and dining room and, and living room for lots of people to hang out. And she said, if we were better members of the family, would we have invited everybody back here to just tell stories and talk and visit and everything? And because we're not really close members of the family is there somebody else in the family who is doing that? And we just weren't invited because we haven't been close members of the family before. She's like, you know, it just, it really fucking sucks. And that I have all of these relatives who have these great memories of my grandmother and great memories of my father that I don't know or remember. And they're probably all getting together somewhere and telling all of these great stories and having these great conversations that I have never been a part of and still am not a member and, and am still not part of because I'm not part of their faith because I don't participate in their worship of an invisible sky wizard in the way that they want me to participate. I'm excluded from those things. Mm -hmm. And that just really fucking sucks and is sad for yeah. her and for everybody who doesn't conform to these religious norms that are laid down by a bunch of crusty old fucking white men. Mm -hmm. And I like I can't I can't believe that I am doing this, but like I had these these good friends when I was in college and I lived with them briefly in Portland right after college and they were Episcopalian. Right. Mm -hmm. And like I went to their wedding and it was super invited. And like the priest, a woman came over and we had a great conversation where and it came up that I was an atheist. And she was like, 
that's cool. I'm an Episcopalian past the wine. Like, you know, it was just, I, I just had a generally good time, right? Like I've encountered religious people who are chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they exist and, and religions as institutions, you know, once they get big enough tend to be bad. And as you describe, but I kind of think like, and, and this is something that I've never really been able to verbalize up until now, but I think that it is the conservative aspect of religions that makes them so bad. Like when religions allow themselves to be progressive, they're for one unorthodox, right? Typically they're going against the written word of whatever their religion is, you know, um, mm-hmm. progressive Christians are by nature, not in line with, with what their yeah. Bible tells them to do. But like, Religion is still a unifying philosophy for those individuals. It's when the the religion is used as a way to be conservative um, that it tends to cause them to be assholes like your family. Like I've got family that is incredibly conservative with like the exception of my uncle on my dad's side. Um, all of my family universally is like very conservative, like anti-Muslim people from Michigan and just like generally like Fox news, Rush Limbaugh listening, like conservatives, Mm -hmm. you know, out of, out of Utah and Chicago and Flint and like they're bastards despite not being Mormon. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't talked to pretty much any of my extended family in more than a decade. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite most of them not being Mormon. Um, and so I wonder the degree to which it is that like conservatism is what makes people bastards and that religions will like amplify conservatism and vice versa, you know, and how much that intermingling is the cause of that, or at least like, like an exponential growth factor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, like, that it amplifies all of those conservative attitudes about shit that you have to conform to these norms that we've laid down. Mm-hmm. And it's not just important for us to maintain political power. It's important because this is your eternal soul, you know, mm-hmm. that they would that they would say about that. Because, like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, we'll get angry email. Like, why are you defending religion? It's like I, I grant that, like, Episcopalians are largely just Catholics who don't want to do Catholic shit. <laughs> right. But like they're chill. <laughs> the vast yeah. majority of Episcopalians I've ever met are like good people and part of why they are good is because of how they are informed by their religion. I would say largely the same thing out of Quakers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, that's the exception, not the rule. And mm-hmm. and I don't only mean that like in terms of statistics, I also mean that in terms of their adherence to their own holy book. Mm-hmm. So, and they don't fuck with my shit. Right, right, right. And, and like explicitly they, they are opposed to fucking with other people's shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's, the great thing about some of those particular religions is that it is a part of their theology that they don't fucking force people to become members, right? They yeah. don't, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. force their religious views on to other people. Right. It, right. It's, it's not part of their worldly mission to transform you and get you into their fold so they can save your soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could care less. You want to go drink, go drink. You don't want to be a part of our religion. Don't. Right. We're going to do our thing. Like it's going to inform us to be better. Fucking uh, uh, what's his name? President Carter. Right. President Carter is a devout religious person Mm. who spends every weekend building homeless people homes. Mm -hmm. And he does that because of his religion. Chill. Right. Yeah. Other people who are also Baptists like 
try to you know fuck with people's lives and and restrict people's rights mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i don't have anything further to add to that it just well, like yeah it looks like we're at a point for a break and i don't know if on the other side if we're going to talk about two opposing religions that really fucking hate each other even more right now oh i'm sure we'll talk about that for just a minute okay sounds good hey everybody it's x from the utah outcasts podcast and youtube channel and you're listening to the godless revolution mormonism god love it it does take crazy to a whole new level I mean, all religions are magic tricks. Mormonism is just a particularly bad novelty shop level intelligence insulting magic trick. This religion is so ridiculous, Tom Cruise would not join it, and Glenn Beck did. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! All right, welcome back, everybody. So about an hour has passed since we concluded the last segment and have begun (laughs) this one, and... During that time, we had a lengthy discussion about the Israel-Palestine conflict, but it, it, we only have like 12, 15 minutes left in the show and which is not nearly enough time to address that topic or, or give it its due. So we're setting that aside. We may release the, the things that we talked about off air as a Patreon bonus or extended bit of the show we're not entirely sure that may work out i don't know at the time of recording just letting you know there are some thoughts some additional thoughts and some other things that i wanted to talk about surrounding tracy's grandmother and and religion and that whole bit but i wanted to talk about why women do a thing and i didn't want it to be just three dudes talking about why women do a thing so we've brought sandra in to talk to us all and that I think will help everybody so that it's not just three dudes talking about why women do a thing. So it's probably smart. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much, Sandra. It's always good always. to see you and, and hear your voice. And I very much value and appreciate your input to the show whenever you're available to join us. Thank you. So the, the thing that I wanted to talk about in the remaining minutes of the show that we still have left is basically so Tracy and I in our discussions after or following her grandmother's funeral, you know, we were talking about why her grandmother was such a miserable fucking turd for a large portion of Tracy's life, right? And why they didn't have a good relationship, why Tracy's experience of a relationship with her grandmother is so much different than the relationship that Tracy or that Tracy's that Tracy's grandmother cultivated with Tracy's cousins and and uh, other family members that are more religious or are male or female, you know, just they're not Tracy. They're not they're not you know not Mormon. They're not necessarily female, but other members of the family have these fond memories of Tracy's grandmother that Tracy just cannot relate to at all. And a huge part of that we figure tied back to Tracy's grandmother's adherence to these strict norms within the LDS church. And it brought up this discussion that we had about why 
women more than men, or at least from our perspective, seem willing to maintain their relationship and association with these strict adherence to religious diktats that, you know, restrict the rights of women so much, but more women seem more willing to remain part of that, you know, strict and constrictive culture of religion. Why is it that that is a thing? Yeah. So first I want to say that it's not so much that it's just women, but rather men are taught not to talk about abuse. Um, and I think that Johnny Depp is a great example here of what happens when you do talk about abuse. Um, so I just want to start off by saying I don't think it's just women, um, but that is what gets the most <laughs> media and news attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, as for staying with abusers or manipulators there's somebody very close to me who's in this situation right now and a lot of it is gender norms a lot of it is just the way that she was taught in that the like the the marriage vow that you make is for better or for worse in poor, good health, I don't know the whole fucking thing. But the whole mm-hmm. point is, if they're a vegetable, you're supposed to still be there. Yeah. And there is this vegetable, and she is still there, despite it sucking out her soul, metaphorically, because I don't Unlike believe in Unlike Newt one. Gingrich, right? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I wish I could just tell you why it happens, but I think the biggest thing is... It's something that we're taught to do at a very early age. Well, and what do you think about women's dependence on men too, especially like previous generations of women, you know, that they can't leave because they might be stuck with their like provider. Yeah. Well, and and before you answer, so like, so like to add on to Taylor's point, the, the thing that Tracy and I kind of came down on or, or what our view boiled down to was that for a lot of these women who participate in religious and adherence to religious norms is that it's, they've devoted their entire lives to this, right? They've, they've been indoctrinated from being tiny children into the roles that they've assumed uh, as, as part of their gender within whatever religious tradition they've come up with and the, the rules and power structure within that religion that for example, the LDS faith, a, a female or a woman as part of their uh, theology cannot attain the highest level of heaven without their husband calling them there. They, right? They, a woman can lead the most righteous life possible, can do all of the good works, all of the good things, live a sinless life. I mean, they, uh, you could have a female Jesus who would not be allowed to enter the celestial kingdom unless her husband calls her there because he is the patriarch of the family. He's the boss. He's the head of the family. And so women, particularly within the LDS faith, live their lives in constant fear that they are never living up to their husband's expectations and ideals and that he may not call her to his side in the afterlife, if she doesn't meet his expectations, if she's late with dinner one night, he may not call her to the celestial <laughs> kingdom to be by his side. Well, I think that's the mental equivalent to wrist control. Um, and, and I think that one, one form of brainwashing 
opens the door for all other kinds of brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no doubt that religion and the patriarchy on a social level go hand in hand with each other. And I think that religion caused most of those gender norms. I think you're on the right track with uh, religiosity being, it's fear mongering. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. well, and and so in in like Tracy's case, right? Her grandmother basically disowned uh, Tracy's father because he was not adhering to her religious uh, dictates and and norms and practices. He he wasn't going to go to church anymore. He, you know, whether he may have believed in the core tenets of the LDS faith or not, we're unsure. But he wasn't going to go to church anymore. He wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to marry Tracy's mother in the temple. All of those, you know, normal expectations of what it means to lead a righteous life within the LDS church. And so he was disowned. And it seemed that it was so easy for her to do that. And, you know, my, my thoughts about that were that, you know, she's been raised her entire life to believe that her worth is, or that her value as a person is, is guarded in such a way that her value is directly tied to the number of family members that she can manage to shepherd into being faithful members of the religion in order to attain an afterlife in the celestial kingdom and join their family unit as a whole. And so any straying from that leads them to be very strict and very heavy handed and to say that you straying outside of the lines that I've set down for you as part of my life, I'm now projecting my insecurities onto you that if you deviate from this, it's going to fuck up not your life alone, but my life. It's going to reflect badly on me as a mother that I have not instilled in you the values that would lead you to lead a righteous life in order to join our family unit in the afterlife. Does that make sense? And I, it does. It does. And I wonder too, especially within the LDS church, obviously women are baby makers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also means that women are mothers and that makes them social police. And so I think that if you look at, um, just the, the way that people have conflicts with each other, like men are probably more likely to just beat the shit out of each other and call it a day, right? <laughs> yeah, Women I'm pretty are peaceful. <laughs> conniving and they they have daggers. And I think that that social policing and manipulation, once you have one person indoctrinated, they become the social police for all others. Um, and I think that especially moms within the LDS church would feel that way because they're also indoctrinating their children. Mm -hmm. And that isn't, I don't see that being a mannerism that goes away. Well, and how much of that did you see when we recently visited Utah and we bumped into those neighbors of mine? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. We, we were recently in Utah and we drove through one of my old neighborhoods um, when I grew up, I grew up in a gated community and I don't have the gate code anymore. So I was trying to show Sandra <laughs> the, um, like my, my childhood home. And we ended up driving on an adjacent street, hoping that we could like find a yard or something like that, that we could climb onto a wall and like look over. <laughs> and we bumped into like two and a half couples 
of like people who were in my ward growing up and they you know were asking all of the questions that you do when you see a person who you knew 10 15 years prior and you see them for the first time and they're with a partner they haven't met before and all of the questions that come with that yeah mm-hmm. and it was very i mean i i saw that same social pressure happening there those sorts of questioning barbs and trying to see How whether many or not i was still have? compliant yeah. did you get married in the temple are you going to be married in the temple what were well, they already in? knew that taylor was out of the church but they definitely they they didn't scoff but their reaction to finding out that i'm an academic and that i plan on having a career <gasps> was crickets mm-hmm. and, and that's that's where i was i had the thought about um the the socioeconomical shit going on where women are told they need to be married to a man who makes money and can take care of them. And that's bullshit. But sometimes it wasn't bullshit because women didn't get paid shit and they still have the pay gap between men and women. So there is that side of it where if if you are a single woman, especially in the time when uh, her grandmother was growing up, Mm -hmm. It's impossible to make as much money or, or any women couldn't order. open their own bank yeah. accounts until yeah. what? The 60s, 70s. Yeah. They couldn't and, vote. Oh, they yeah, couldn't yeah. have their own bank accounts. They couldn't. Yeah. They, they were not whole people. They were dependent on a male figure in their life to take care of them. Yeah. Literally dependent. Not just, yeah. not just, you know, financially, emotionally, whatever. Like they had to have a man in order to lead a full life as a whole person. That's, that's where I wonder what, with that, the, the economic side of it, of that also being a driving factor of women being like, well, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I have to do this in order to be a, a functioning member of society when fuck the norms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think we can, if we bring it to more modern generations, Older generations were told they needed to get married and married and have kids. Mm-hmm. My generation was told you need to go to college because your life won't open up to you until you have a degree. Mm. And that has actually caused a huge shift in gendered norms that I got to study in a group while I was still in my undergrad that there is this group of women that are expected to be super moms. They're expected to have a career, to be a breadwinner and to be raising children. And it's a completely, it's an unattainable goal. Yeah. For 99% of people. There are some like badass women who make it work. But the point is that they're taught to strive to be good in all of those ways. And the patriarchy has not, stopped the influence that it has on them they're still expected to be moms and to continue having children even doing housework and yeah yeah, even if they're encouraged when they're single like there's a lot Mm -hmm. more single moms that are being recognized right now um they're still expected to raise their kids and like be Mm -hmm. as good a mom as possible well yeah they've they've basically the patriarchy has basically heaped more responsibility onto women without offering them any more support if i may they co-opted the feminist movement in terms of liberating women in the direction of having a career and an education to simply create another 
cog in the capitalist machine Mm -hmm. to earn income for an employer Mm -hmm. while continuing to burden women with the vast majority of the unpaid labor of parenting. Yeah, we're not we're not offering you any more support for the things that we've expected you to do until this point. Now we're just expecting you to do more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you still have the second shift which is how it's referred to in psychology of after you've done all your shit at work, you have to come home and make dinner and do the laundry and all Mm -hmm. that everyday shit that nobody likes taking care of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Which, which is a big reason why like earlier in the episode, I was talking about like the child free thing. Like Mm -hmm. that's probably the first and foremost reason for us is that neither of us wants to have a second shift. Like we, we don't want to do that work. Mm -hmm. Um, on top of our work, which is meaningful and important to us. You know, there's a lot of other reasons too, and we're already over time. So maybe we'll just do that as an episode sometime. But, <laughs> that, yeah. that made me, that actually made me think about a good topic for possibly next week's show that okay. uh, I'll discuss with you guys offline. Um, yeah. But we are out of time before we go though. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon patrons before we do that. Even though, I want to make sure that we thank Sandra for being so willing to join us on this at, at a moment's notice when I'm sure you had much, much more fun things planned than sitting down with us. I was playing Resident Evil 8. Yes, so. <laughs> slaying, slaying zombies is in, in creatures and that's, yeah. that's fun. It, actually, it's great, but it just meant I was already a drink in when I got here. <laughs> oh, you got some catching up to do. <laughs> but not nearly as much as you would have had to do otherwise. So thank you very much for joining us, Sandra. I really appreciate yeah, it. Always. Yeah, always. Uh, and I do want to thank our Patreon supporters. You want to, you want to uh, join us in thanking our patrons, Sandra? I can. Yes, please uh, do. Are you going to be able to see okay? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do, the math is now fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's see. I'll kick it off and then we'll go uh, Ryan and then Sandra and then Taylor or vice versa. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll go third. So yeah, you're three. I'm four. Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. So I want to make sure that we thank two skeptical chaps. Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. Congratulations again, bro. Woohoo. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Oh, that's good. Sinead Duffy. Yes. Sinead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Irish. The names are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We're better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry, Sinead. Steve Cuno. Stephen Andrews. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. All hail peanut butter. I got to do it this week. Yes. <laughs> Andrew Vodapich. Corey Ebert. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Megan Mitchell. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Freethinker215. Matthew Sanders. Chad Pryor. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Savita Kuna. I'm getting all of the hard names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jean Paul. You're killing me here, babe. It's, you guys make me third. This is your fault. Sarter? Shart. No. Sart. Did you say Sart? Shart. I say Sart. The guy who made my quote. Oh. 
Because I'm still a Patreon supporter of the show, despite being on it. I'm self-dealing. I basically bought my way onto the show. (laughs) And if you want to buy your way onto the show. (laughs) Uh, Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. (sighs) Oh, sorry, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, A noble spirit Spirit big and 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 smallest man. man. A perfect cromulent statement. Nope. Nope. Perfectly. Ah, perfectly. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whose turn was it next? Uh, uh, it's me, Theodore Selen. 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 That's my buddy Ted. Oh, hi, Ted. (laughs) Very good. And James. Thank you, James. And I promise I haven't been ignoring you on Facebook. I've just had a really rough week. <laughs> I was going to say yay, but uh, only because we had finished the list of names. Uh, <laughs> yay, without, Taylor's had a shit week without too many problems. Yeah, and I, that's yeah, exactly. I didn't that's want it to be the last yay. Al- Taylor's had a shit week. Yay Sorry is also the last letter in the alphabet. In the, in the, uh, uh, <laughs> I just forgot the fucking name of the country. When uh-huh. I was in Iraq, what? we learned Arabic. Yay is the last letter in the Arabic alphabet. Oh, I see. Okay. There's also two letters that are fought in Q nice. right next to each other. Nice. Beautiful. That's all I remember. Thank you very much to our Patreon patrons. We really appreciate it. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode for... Extended episodes, bonus episodes, early releases of episodes, extended outtakes, all kinds of fun stuff. And the knowledge that you are helping us keeping, you are helping us keep the show going. And we appreciate that very much. You can also contribute anytime if you would like, uh, through PayPal by using our email address of godlessrevolution at gmail.com. If Patreon is not your cup of tea, but you would like to help support the show. Thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you especially to Sandra for joining us on such short notice and providing your female perspective, your womanly knowledge and scholarly educated stuff. Glad my my degree is used for something. (laughs) 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 Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, That's all I have. So I will bid you all adieu. Thank you very, very much. Bye. See ya. Don't lick. Don't lick that. Just stop. (laughs) Playing in the yard, all of that kind of stuff, but they were always worried about. Sorry. What was I say? Oh, <laughs> that was a message Taylor said. You weren't supposed to oh, tell I was, everybody I else. I was trying not to interrupt the show. My AC unit kicked on, so I was trying to keep muted. Oh, no, um, you're fine. Yeah, well, it, it made a little bong sound, and and then... Oh, and, shit, I hope that hadn't hit you. My and bad. And then I couldn't... And then I... It was it was small enough that I couldn't see it very well. I had to because it's on so. When trying screen. not to disrupt the show, I disrupted the show. <laughs> <further>. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, he could save his friends, but not himself. A tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I didn't start our timer. I could start that. Uh, Son of a bitch. That's We're good. the worst. <laughs> um, We're pros. <laughs> and I can edit 333 all 33 episodes, folks. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. That's my mic. <laughs>
don't don't lick don't don't lick that just just stop <laughs> stop touching that <laughs> someone was about to lick something that was listening and they'll they'll get it it sounded, it sounded like i was talking to my dog don't don't like that don't, don't stop like that. Just don't stop. eat things off the ground <laughs>